We need to start having a relationship with ourselves, knowing what makes us tick, what we like, what we don't like, and knowing our hows, what are our boundaries like. I mean, all these fundamental questions about our own innate nature, who we are as people, we don't ever really go there. Hi there, I'm Holly Ransom and welcome to Coffee Pods. It's time to fire up your day with some fuel for change. We run on a simple hypothesis here that the humble act of grabbing a coffee with someone inspiring is all that it takes to tap into your ability to go out and be the change that you want to see in the world. Today's coffee date is with the phenomenal mindfulness guru, Tammy Brews. I've been so excited for this conversation because I think in an age where we're all so busy, got so many demands on our time, we're struggling with presenteeism and engagement, Tammy's ability to tap into how do we be present How do we bring uh, an awareness to ourselves and how we're feeling? And how do we then bring the best of ourselves to our team, to our relationships, to our family is unbelievably powerful. I also want to understand how she's taken mindfulness practices into environments I would describe as not necessarily being fertile hunting ground for that message and how she's managed to influence uh, culture and perspectives in the way that she goes about sharing what she does and the benefit it can bring. I hope you enjoy it. Here's Tammy. Well, Tammy Roos, thank you so much for making the time to join Coffee Pods. I'm really excited for this conversation. So am I, Holly. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one of the things I love about the work that you do is you're sort of you, you're immersed in this space and you have been, you're a trend leader, I would argue, because I feel like in the last five <laughs> years, all of a sudden it's really groovy to be talking mindfulness, right? Absolutely. Everyone's talking about meditation, everyone's having a go at apps, uh, some faring more effectively than others in this mindfulness journey. Yes. But you started this march to a different beat a long time ago. Where did your curiosity for this whole world get sparked? Um, Such a good question, Holly. Really back in 1999. So what happened was once I started engaging, I learned meditation then. And um, once I started engaging in the practice and then all the differences I started experiencing for myself probably really drove not only my passion for it, because I could see the the um, difference in what I was feeling, how I was living my day-to-day life, what I was experiencing, what my energy levels were doing, what my, you know, more patience, all the, you know, so many benefits. But what I really saw was that a lot of people were coming up to me saying, but what are you doing? Because I want whatever it is that you've got. Mm. Okay. And I'm not saying that like, as in like, oh, no, I know you don't. but it's like, Not like tall poppy. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's like people were recognizing you've shifted. You seem much happier. You seem much calmer. You are just like showing up. So what are you doing? That's that's created this change and that really drove I guess my ambition and my desire to actually study more so I went and then that's why I went back and did my PhD in parapsychic science and wrote my dissertation on meditation because I wanted to be able to answer people not only from the experience side of things being a meditator but I wanted the science behind it to say guys this isn't airy fairy it's actually real yep and this is how you tap into this is how you're going to make those changes to your life or how you're experiencing life or to your levels of fulfillment and happiness was through doing this. So you kind of dangled your toes in the water, found this benefit, but then wanted on this deep inquiry journey around, let's get to understand what this really is. What were some of the things that you learned on your research journey? Well, the biggest thing I think that was, and I know this is going to sound, I guess, a bit esoteric was a lot of people, <laughs> and it's pretty basic, it is common sense, we don't know what we don't know, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So... Once I started having these experiences myself, once I started meditating on a regular, consistent basis, 
it was like all the data that I was reading about, I was experiencing. So I, in a way, I was the guinea pig for myself um, because I do, I, you know, I, I really do like having the knowledge pieces as well or the information behind it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I like to think deeply upon it. But the biggest aha came for me was we're so outwardly focused in our lives and even so, again, going back, learning this in 99, I would say now in 2019, so 21 years into my journey, we're probably even more outwardly focused. I was just thinking which that. is not a great thing. So, spoiler alert, whatever you want to call it, it's not great. We need to start having a relationship with ourselves, knowing what makes us tick, what we like, what we don't like. Um, knowing our hows, what are our boundaries like? I mean, all these fundamental questions about our own innate nature, mm. who we are as people, we don't ever really go there because I, I, you know, and I guess it's because we're not educated around that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, why don't we do that? Why don't we have a relationship with ourselves? Because we, everything that we've been taught since we're young is about the outward focus. You focus on your family, you focus on your friend, you focus on your career, you focus on your school, you're focused on this next holiday. What you're not focused on is your internal world. Yeah. And it's not until we stop and go, well, hang on a minute, what do you mean internal world? What, what does that actually mean? And it's that space where you stop. Okay. And when I, when I say that, it's not only about your thoughts, but literally physically sit still for a second okay and that's really hard for a lot of people to do sit and be quiet and be still and go what's coming up for me what mm -hmm. am i feeling right mm -hmm. so our feelings which even looking at the word to feel yeah it's totally. part of feelings we're not great at that because we we've somehow decided that if we feel vulnerable or scared or fearful that this is a real negative and oh my gosh heaven forbid that i'm going to be one of those people when I need to project to the world that everything is going great. Totally. And it's becoming a really big issue. And I think that fundamentally that's one of the biggest reasons why the world, it's not just Australia, but USA, UK, all the data, we have got a huge mental wellness crisis occurring. Mm. Okay. World Health Organization identified by the year 2020, the single greatest cause to governments worldwide is going to be our mental health. Yeah, wow. Okay. That's a huge stat. That's next year. Mm -hmm. Okay. We've not done enough to address why this is happening. But fundamentally, I think the first thing is we have to start realizing we are human beings in this life. Yeah. Having this, 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 you know, the ups and downs like everyone else, but it means that we're also emotional. Part of being a human being is having emotions. We're pretty scared of that though, we're aren't we? We're pretty scared of it. And we've decided that it's better to kind of put a lid on it. Pretend if we actually try to push it away, I'll just keep on keeping on, you know, I'll just like, you know, it's like that stiff upper lip. I'm just going to keep going. And even though I know I'm freaking out or I don't feel good, the, the feeling somehow we've bought into the illusion that it's worse to admit to someone that we're maybe need some help or we're struggling than it is to, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. So that, that is more terrifying 100%. than it is to go, okay, hang on a minute. But if I actually spoke to Polly and said, Holly, you know, I'm struggling today. You know what? It's not about, it's, and it's not even that you're looking for someone to go, this is the answer for you. But you take and you actually, by hitting that release valve is how I look at it, by admitting it. So you go into acceptance and you surrender and you mm -hmm. go, you know what? And that's a really different energetic surrendering and accepting where you're at. Yeah, okay, I actually, you know what, it's just great. I've got a, a friend in Holly I can chat to and go, you know what, I'm freaking A, I'm, I am struggling right now. 
And then it's just about showing care. Can you connect? Can you look at someone in the eyes? And, mm. and I think that these are all fundamental issues that are impacting all of us right now. I think it's really having a big play. You know, you hear people talking about what's this thing called FOMO. Like how do we have these new diagnoses of fear of missing out for anyone who doesn't know what that means? How do we have these new diagnoses uh, sorry, that have never been before on the planet? And it's all coming around this whole idea of social media, what's happening. We're so connected, but are we connected? And I'm going to question that because I'm going to say, no, we're not. You're connected to, to your phone, to your emails, to your iPad, to whatever it is, whatever device you're using. And you're thinking you're connected by posting someone something, but that's not connection. Mm -hmm. Connection is, again, having this relationship with, okay, what's going on for me today? Can I be present can I show up? Can I be there for the people around me and for myself? Fundamentally, can I be there for myself? Because if I start working on being the best possible version of me, then I can be the best possible version for my husband, my parents, my children, my community, the people in the cafe that I might run into, the stranger in the street, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I had a really funny example of this, Holly, which... And I'm just trying to illustrate where we've gotten to. And, and, and maybe it's because... I'm looking at it and a lot of people that come and speak to me, um, you know, are, are probably burnt out and feel like they're really struggling. So yeah. they come to me because I'm almost like, okay, this is the last resort. I'm going to try. What are, what are you doing? Um, and I was walking, I was just, I'd finished a run. I was walking to this cafe to get a coffee and this guy was coming. He was getting ready to get back on his bike. And I looked at him to smile and said, hi. And he stopped. <laughs> and I wish somebody could see me doing this, but he looked to his left, looked to his right, looked behind him like, she actually talking to me and I said yes and he goes oh I can't he goes no one I can't believe you've said hi and smiled at me and I found that Jeez. really really sad he said I can't believe he goes oh obviously and this again this is not meant but I, well, I won't even go there because he was trying to say well obviously you're not from here right and I and I said well hang on a minute you know I, I actually live here so yes I am from here my roots might not have originally been from Australia, but I do live in Australia. And this is where I've been yeah. for a number of years. But he was so shocked. And I, he said, you've made my day. And if it's something that easy and simple that to a random stranger that you just look and you smile and give him something for free, which just says, like, I hear you, I see you, and I'm acknowledging you. Mm. And I really, I think for the audience listening to this, I really would love for you to contemplate those words because we all want to be heard. We all want to be seen. Mm. We all want to be appreciated. But we're so afraid to engage now. We're afraid, what if the person responds to me? Oh, my gosh. Or, alternatively, people go, yeah, well, what if they think I'm a weirdo? Well, totally. You know what? Yeah, Guess what, that. guys? Who cares? Like, If you can just keep showing up, you will make the difference to someone's day. And... Yeah, not everyone will smile back at me and say hi. Some will look at me like, okay, this girl is just, who is she? But I, I don't even, I don't look at that because I'm doing it for me. Does that yeah. make sense? I'm yeah. showing up for me. I'm engaging because it shows me that I'm present right now in this moment and I'm acknowledging what's happening around me. Mm. Is that making sense? Holly? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. You're talking there a little bit around kind of um, you know the things that we're doing that are almost uh, well whether we're conscious or unconscious of it they're mm -hmm. harming us versus mm -hmm. positive practices and habits that we can be building. Absolutely. If you could kind of destroy a habit you feel like all too many of us are engaging in, what would you what would you banish, 
And what would you build as a bedrock habit that's like, if you can do this, if you can make time for this, if you can make this part of what you do routinely, you'll start to see profound benefits showing up. Yep. Okay. So this is going to sound really funny, but I've, I've seen it, talked to too many people. The one thing I would banish straight away is that the, there's that the compulsion, okay? So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that the compulsion to reach for your mobile phone when you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you can banish that habit straight away... And instead, because let me tell you, anyone listening to this, if you if your alarm had been set for five minutes later, that five minutes when you were asleep, you're not looking at your mobile phone. So really start changing your thinking around this because it's an illusion. You think you wake up, you have to go to your phone. Oh my gosh, what did I miss out on? Well, did you know that you're missing out on something when you were sleeping? So really, like I'm questioning that and I'm really challenging that. Do not reach for your mobile phone because guess what? The world's going to keep going mm. regardless you looked at that phone or you didn't yeah so we're not that important (laughs) sorry but we're not yeah yeah. okay that's ego saying that that is huge ego saying i need to look at this phone right now take five minutes and instead of looking at the phone and yeah some of you might feel very threatened by that because you've become so conditioned again to looking at it and thinking that that is your life bread well the mobile phone is not the same as breathing oxygen You're not going to die without it, right? Mm. But you will die if you stop breathing, right? So what I'm saying is sit up in your bed then, changing it to a positive, and do some deep breathing. And if you can literally, something super easy is sit up in your bed before you've done anything else, close your eyes, your body's relaxed, and I just want you to do some deep cycles of breathing. Just breathe in and breathe out. If you did that for five cycles... And then thought about how you wish to see your day unfold Mm. in the positive, okay? Mm -hmm. So, yes, we're all busy, okay? But busyness is a choice too, using even that word. And so you could say, but in this five minutes, what can I do that is going to have great benefits? Rather than picking up the phone, which is going to start the stress straight away, Mm -hmm. okay? Because then you're going to go, oh my gosh, I've got all these emails to get back to. I've got to get this person. And your head starts rocketing straight away to... Fulfilling this desire, which means, look at me, I'm so busy, isn't this great? Yeah? Instead of, and I'm not saying that's a negative, so I'm not trying to, but we're doing this without thinking about what we're actually doing. Like It's a lack of consciousness. Yeah, it's a lack of consciousness, but we're harming ourselves if that's how we start a day. We're saying we're starting our day from a state of stress. Mm. And that stress is just going to build. Totally. So if you can start from sitting up in bed going, I'm just going to deeply breathe, acknowledge me as in I'm acknowledging Tammy or if Holly's doing this Holly is acknowledging Holly or if it's Fred or Joe or Bob whoever it is acknowledge you the person Mm. and that you're going to setting the intention to have the best day possible does that make sense yeah I love that it's really easy it's really simple a five cycles of deep in breathing and out breathing and then see yourself effectively going through your day with love ease and grace i always say that because we don't need to add more stress we all have enough of that yep and enough will come in the plate by the time you get to 9 a.m you don't need to start that way but it's like you know that's why fundamentally when you have this practice this whole idea around the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system kicking out of fight or flight Mm. and relaxing Mm -hmm. what it does to the adrenals what it does to your oxygen rate how much oxygen is getting into your blood and what you're doing your muscles it's just your whole body physiologically, mentally, emotionally, everything relaxes, Mm. okay? And maybe what I want to say here too, just on that note is, and a lot of people don't consider this, if you're feeling stressed, 
I'm going to say to you, what was your thought before that stress just kicked in when you acknowledged it? Because your thinking always precedes an emotion. Okay? So you have a thought, you have an emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. Okay? That person who's just caught you out, uh, caught, sorry, cut you off driving in traffic. You might have been having a great day, but that person's cutting you off. You think about that person cutting you off. You have the emotional reaction, which might be anger, frustration. Why didn't I do this? I should have done this. I'm going to just, I'm going to show them. Bang. You're in it and you're caught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to illustrate is you have to have had a thought first before you can have an emotional response. To become more conscious of our thoughts, we can therefore become more mindful of our emotions. Yep, which is why the, the, you know, they say, the Buddha said, your life is a creation of your mind. Mm, okay? I like that. So think about that. You, again, think about that. <laughs> your thinking is actually dictating the day you're going to have. Yeah. What your next experience is going to be. Yeah. What your experience is going to be in three days' time. I want to ask you, because one of the things I find really interesting about your work is you've taken, like, I think about the work you did and, and your husband, Paul, um, uh, you two have been great collaborators mm. with taking this mindfulness into some cultures, I would argue, were pretty, 100%. pretty removed <laughs> from the world of mindfulness. I'm yeah. speaking specifically of, of elite sport yes. and AFL. Yes. And I'm just imagining, I mean, the AFL's on a journey with it now. You were a big part of instigating that. But at the time that you walked into the Sydney Swans Football Club and started talking to them about meditation and mindfulness, I remember the newspaper articles. I remember yeah. people going, what is this hippie thing that the Swans are doing? You know, they're all going <laughs> soft. <laughs> Who is this chick? Yeah. Um, can you talk to us about how, well, firstly, approaching closed mindsets because there's a lot of people out there who don't think this is for them meditation mindfulness that's for yeah. other people i can't engage yeah. i won't get benefit and then how you move a culture because a lot of our listeners are on a journey of, of leading change in all different ways Absolutely. what have you learned about how to take people on a journey of change well number one i guess is just not to make assumptions okay so that's huge because what my experience was with um and i'll go back 2003 and as you said when we started this um, discussion today Go, you know, fast forwarding to 2019, people talk about it. 2003, no one was talking about it. Not so much, right? Um, And what I found going into that environment with these athletes was, number one, you've got a unique, I guess, set of circumstances with professional athletes because they're doing everything with the idea around performance, okay? Everything is around performance, and you need an edge, really, right? Yeah, and yep. you need that edge. What's going to be that extra even 1% change that might get us the wind or might improve my performance? We already knew at that time they were doing everything physically, okay? They've got the strength and you know, conditioning coaches. They've got the running coach. They've got the dietitians. They've got the football coach. They're working on their skill set. They're doing all the things. They've got massage. They've got weight training. You name it, they've got it. What was the one untapped area that wasn't being looked at? And it was the mind. Hmm. And it was really the next fundamental change for athletes and in that performance industry was to look at what was above the shoulders Mm. and how that's going to dictate their performance. So going into that environment was, number one, don't make assumptions. Everyone was terrified for me that I, everyone that I spoke to, I'm going to go in there. They thought, you're crazy. You know, maybe they're going to be disrespectful. They'll just do it because your husband's a coach. And I could not have found anything further from the truth. And I really, really applauded every single one of those players because, number one, they were trying the best they could be, but they wanted to get better. They were open. They were open. They were open to saying, what are you doing, Tammy, then? Share it. 
show us what it's about, and we'll listen. We'll be open to hearing it. Didn't mean that every single player was going to do it and become a long-term thing, but the reality was we had really key stakeholders embrace it mm. and say, this is huge. All of a sudden, some, and again, I don't want to, but if you think of the athlete, and some people listening to this might go, this is so different than a business, but really, is it? Sport is no different than a business. It is a business. You're it trying to be high performance cultures, high performance right? Culture, yeah. and they want wins on the board. You've got sponsors. You've got you know. You've got all these fans. You've got people at memberships. You want to deliver, mm-hmm. all right? So, and how do you deliver in a football environment? Well, you're hoping to play finals, and the ultimate is to win that premiership. But what what starts happening is in this idea around wanting to deliver, and if you know that you're doing everything that can happen. What people tend to forget with footballers, and, I, and I'm going to shout this one out there, is that they are actually human. Yeah. <laughs> They're not robots. We're having a bit more of a conversation yeah. with that now about mental health, right? Exactly. So they have personal lives. So when you go to a game and you hear that people are you know, in the stands, and I understand it's, it's emotional sports, emotional. I think for some people, they work all week and it's their outlet. Totally. It is their outlet. They need to de-stress, and so they de-stress by yelling at the opposition or even potentially someone that they, you know, a member of the team that they follow, they yell at this player, right? And I think some of the tweets and things we're seeing on social media is now taking that to a whole other level in terms of the criticism and some of the abuse. Yeah. So when you look at that um, and you think, wow, okay, this is this, this is, this has become something that's so big, but knowing and understanding, and I was fortunate, my husband obviously played and then he was coaching. I knew a lot of the players, but I knew some of them had wives, kids. Some were still going to school. You're talking 18-year-olds up to 33, 34-year-olds on a team. So even where they're at emotionally in their lives or professionally they might be an established player or not, it's no different than the person that's coming into a company going, okay, I'm the new kid off, you know, I'm just into the ranks versus the person who's the, you know, here's the senior, you know, marketing executive, whatever, that's been there for 15 years. You've been on a very different journey, but it doesn't mean fundamentally everyone wants to perform the best they can. Everyone wants to feel happier. Everyone wants to feel satisfied. But you also want to deliver. No one wants to go into a job thinking they're not doing the best they can do. And so for the players and from that standpoint, it was like, you know what? We're going to help them. And and I know this sounds funny and, and Paul was quoted a few times around this, but we really took, and this was all the senior management, the idea that we wanted any player that came into the Swans um, fraternity into that organization to leave a better person. Mm. And it's like, you're not just a footballer. Football is just one aspect. That's your job. But this is about so much more. This is about, again, your happiness. This is about your joy, your fulfillment. This is about what you can um, offer others. This is how you lead your life. This is what you're giving in and of yourself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And we had so many players that just embraced it because... They were saying, okay, one might have started off selfishly going, yeah, I want to, I want to be a starter in the team or I want that win. But what happened and what they started seeing, Holly, was that this then went over into their private lives. And then I had the wives and girlfriends coming up to me going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm. And this is what we're doing. And, you know, it was going into the home life as well. So then all of a sudden they were feeling more of a connection because it was something that then the players were saying to the wife or girlfriend, let's meditate before we go to sleep at night. 
So then, but then you had the other byproducts that are sleeping better, they're less stressed, they're preparing for the game in a different way, they're more present. They're on the same energy space as yeah. their partner, so you know, all that you, sort of it, stuff. It became a journey where all of a sudden this, this whole idea around wellness and, it, you know, if anything, and I hope I'm getting this across, I was educated growing up um, in the States, and I don't think it's different than Australia, that it our, when you talked about how well you were or healthy you were, I should say, mm-hmm. it was around physically getting enough exercise, drinking enough water, getting your eight hours sleep, mm-hmm. and eating the four food groups. Okay, really basic, right? Mm-hmm. No one spoke about mental health, and mental health is massive, and that truly is the missing ingredient that we're seeing right now mm-hmm. in 2019. And previous, but I'm going to just point about the here and the now. This is why everything's escalating because we're we are expecting ourselves to be on 24/7, 365 days a year, and it's not it's not healthy, and it's not um, it's not something that's benefiting us. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to take a pause. We need to learn to love our mind as much as we love our bodies. Okay, physically, somehow we're thinking the mind is separate. The mind doesn't need anything. Mm-hmm. And that is, could not be further than, than the truth. You know, we take our car in to get serviced, right? Think about that. We buy this car. We want it serviced. We want it to perform well, etc. We get it in. We take it for a service check always. Well, we don't do that with our mind. And we have somehow shifted our mindset around this importance. I'm going to use a mobile phone. Okay, as in my example, we've given so much focus, attention, even care, like heaven forbid something happens to this mobile phone. My God, we won't function without it. Totally. We, if you, if I said to you, Holly, okay, you know, you've got, you know, you're walking out your front door and you only have 17% battery, your phone's only charged at 17%, you're going to be freaking out. Yeah, your heart will be racing faster. Yeah, and you're going, oh my God, I got to get through the day. There's no way. When can I recharge it? Do I have my charger? How can I get this, you know, you go to a cafe, can I charge my phone? Everyone's doing that, right? So, okay, well, hang on a minute. If you start thinking of your mind, Mm -hmm. okay, and you plug in, recharge with meditation or mindfulness or breath awareness exercises to recharge yourself. Mm. So do you want to start your day at 17% as a human being going out into this world that you're already racing? So why have we shifted our priority to a mobile phone and not to us as a human? So can we plug in, start our day by being mindful, sitting and meditating to create this presence. I've never thought about it with that frame and I really like that. Yeah. That's really interesting. So it's just, you know what, how do you recharge? Yeah. I mean, you know, how, how do you do this? I know that even from a scientific perspective, and I'll give, you know, I'll give the listeners here something, your brain becomes coordinated when you meditate. The left and right hemisphere of your brain becomes coordinated. Okay, I don't know about anyone else, that appeals to me. Yeah. If my focus is increased, if my clarity is increased, if I start procrastinating less, if I know I'm orderly and I'm thinking in a, in a cohesive manner and I get things done with much less stress, I will sign up for that any day of the week. But we don't know what we don't know. Mm. And you have to engage in it. The other thing I feel like, and I've been fortunate to spend time with you and Paul, one of the things I feel like we don't know and that I appreciate about the two of you is the intentionality with which you've approached your relationship. And we've talked about the fact that that's a conversation we don't have too. Like how do you actually go on the journey as two people together? And and what are kind of the bedrocks of a really a flourishing relationship? What have you two learned on the journey um, and advice you might give to people out there around that aspect? Because I also feel that's a conversation that we're not talking about. 
Absolutely. And it, and, it, and it's interesting that you said that because we've actually, in the last two years, had more people come and talk to us about the couple. <laughs> that, there you go. That, this, 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 um, you know, that I guess that people are viewing, how are we doing this? What are we doing? But I think fundamentally um, what it comes down to, and Paul and I do talk about is, look, it is about respecting each of us individually, our journey, understanding and and. Oh, look, and I am fortunate, as I would say, as is Paul, because we both meditate. We both have been on this journey together since 99. So it's something that we've done together. And I know that sounds funny and you think, oh, you know, and I'm not making that the sole thing, but we, we really have shared interests and common goals. But if you can respect in each other and communicate, it doesn't mean you have to get along the whole time. <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't have differences of opinions. But... You know, it's like, I, it, what's funny is that with relationships, I think sometimes people think it's supposed to stay the same. <laughs> it doesn't, you know. Paul and I, we were laughing today. We've been married now, um, it'll be 27 years this year and 30 years together. Wow. We evolve. And it's like... You'd hope, right? Yeah, That's what we're built absolutely. for as human beings. So we don't want to stay the same. Yeah. But this whole idea that change really does terrify people. You know, we, we are in a constant state of flux. Change is happening sure. every single day, whether we acknowledge it or not. Some people say, oh, God, I don't know how you did it, Tammy. You've moved countries. You've moved cities. You've moved houses. You've done all this change. I'm actually really comfortable with change because I realize change is a constant. Yeah. Yeah somehow thinking that it's not there but so it's about adapting but it's acknowledging and it doesn't I, I think fundamentally it's it's allowing that person to be who they need to be can you be authentic yep. with your partner can you allow them to be who they want to be can you love them for that warts and all so to speak um and and really just admire them for that I mean Paul and I have a lot of common interests so that yep. helps we both absolutely family is a huge priority Travel is a huge priority, but we both are really passionate about wanting to help others as well. Yep. And so having that as a common alignment is obviously, um, I guess, one of the bedrocks of our relationship because we truly wish to help others. You spoke about the evolution piece. How do you kind of balance that tension between giving a person space to grow and evolve, as you said, like not capping their growth, but also growing together, staying on kind of a that common purpose, yeah. common goal piece. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the really big word here. Okay, <laughs> what do you got? Like, it's judgment. Yeah, you right. got to stay out of judgment. So, and I know that sounds funny. People go, well, what does that even mean? But if we're sitting judging someone else and really not allowing them to go, well, hang on a minute, I've got to step back. This is about no judgment. There is enough judgment in the world as it is, right? Completely. We see it every single day, and it's like we need to understand that we are all doing the best that we can do each and every day. So, yes, we might not like certain things we see. We, you know, we can get our feelings hurt in relationships. We can take things personally in relationships. And 100% that's happened in our relationship. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, stepping back from it I always when I talk to people I always say okay look if you if you kind of had like you know visualize a box or a circle around you and if you could take even a quarter inch of a step outside of that box or that circle and go can I sit here and just stop for one second and go what am I hearing what are they actually saying to me what is this what's happening here in this moment can I listen instead of speak because I think that we have a really and I'll put the flag up here. I think women tend to talk too much sometimes. So we need to learn to be better listeners. Uh, can we can we listen? And what what are they saying? And if we can if we come at it from that standpoint of just 
allowing each other this space to grow mm. that it you know and it doesn't mean to it doesn't mean that they don't love you because they have a different opinion no okay not at all but it sometimes it's really healthy to challenge each other too and I, I know you know Paul and I we've had especially you know with what we've both been doing it's like having that conversation around saying you know what do you think about this what's your opinion what do you feel how do you know is this resonate with you there's a lot of ways you can engage in a healthy relationship it doesn't mean that you're going to get the answer that you always want to hear sure okay so i'm not saying that paul and i have a relationship where we sit and go oh wow everything's great i'm not saying that we don't challenge each other you don't have emotional or there's not things that you look at each other and go geez you're really bugging me today <laughs> <laughs> so so that happens let's be real but here you go people. there you create the space to talk about it Absolutely. you engage you listen guess, you know what? it doesn't help it goes back to what we said earlier in this we are human beings we have emotional responses we need to be seen we need to be heard yes, what you're we saying we want to be appreciated so can you can you do that for your partner and i really you know i, th- I think to this idea of um and I, this is no disrespect. Hallmark is great. They do great cards. But you know what? This idea that we're having a Hallmark relationship or this idea of like, oh, this card, that's what... You or know, an Instagram relationship where yeah, it all looks beautiful all on looks the outside. Beautiful. That's not life and that's not real. Yeah. Um, and I think it's about just becoming... Can we get honest with each other and not be so fearful? You know, I know that I've probably in our relationship 30 years, 100% know that I've frustrated him, made him angry, maybe even let him down and vice versa. But we're still there for each other. Does that make sense? You have to have this space of, I cannot judge. No one here is on this planet that is perfect. And whoever, you know, and I, and I said this to someone a while back, what, what does perfect mean to you? What does it mean to me? How do we think? Such a loaded term. It's such a loaded Uh. term and I really don't like it. What is this idea of perfection? Why? And why are you obsessed with it? Why are you obsessed with it? Why do we have magazines that are altering all these photos to look a certain way? How did we give away our own personal power Mm. around this idea of perfection? How did we do that? What is perfect? You know, it's like, and I remember I was really fortunate when I did my um, dissertation. um, I actually interviewed Matthew Ricard, and he was voted by Time Magazine as the happiest monk in the world. <laughs> Had something like ten thousand plus hours of meditation. Wow! And he didn't like he didn't like that term. He didn't like it at all because, again, as you can imagine, someone who's been sitting in that space and really having an, um, a relationship with himself—that's you know very egoic, kind of like the happiest monk. Yeah, kind very of, much. He so. didn't like that. Um, so I'm putting that out there. He definitely didn't like that term, um, but. In that, you know, we talk a lot about when I was when I was speaking to him about things that are temporary versus permanence, right? And and it becomes such a big issue for everyone. It's like, hang on a minute. So, and we got into then the next discussion about happiness. Well, what is real, authentic happiness versus something that's temporary? Mm-hmm. And you could say, oh, you know, you, you're happy when you buy your first car. Are you as happy that sense of adrenaline as then when you buy the second car? Or does it then need to go to, well, no, the car's not great. I actually have to buy a boat now. Or, or I have to buy a motorcycle. Or maybe... Band-aid, I, band-aid, Yeah, band-aid. you know, so it's like, because we're sitting there, and that's a great term. It is. It's, it's like you're sitting there going, I got to keep upping the ante. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why? What's going on underneath? Exactly. So why have we bought into this idea that nothing's ever good enough? And when, I'm, when I do a lot of my work with clients or my teaching, um, I, I, every person I've ever worked with, there's three common things that are running through a person. 
and there are three common belief systems that we all have and a lot of people don't talk about them but they're either I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough or I'm not deserving enough and every person I've ever met experiences that. experiences that and it will trigger responses some can be incredibly unconscious you have no idea but you're creating these patterns based on one of those three illusions mm. okay and I talk about the diamond within with, with, with everyone being like, we all have this diamond within, but through life, through experience, sometimes we get the diamond doesn't, isn't as shiny, it's dirty, etc. But what happens the longer you meditate or sit with mindfulness, you start taking the layers away. Like an onion, you're peeling away, right? You peel away the layers of an onion, but like with this diamond, the diamond never went anywhere. So your true birthright is always brilliance. It's strong, it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's what beautiful. you're doing, it's beautiful. But what you're doing is you're just shine. You're just taking away the layers of dirt. Mm. You're coming back to your essence of who you've always been. And it's never been about not being good enough, not deserving enough or worthy enough. I love that. You've been on some incredible journeys. When, when we first met, you'd just come back from a, a sort of a pilgrimage in India. Yeah. You've learned from some incredible gurus. I'm interested, is there a particular mantra, philosophy, uh, piece of wisdom that has really been front and center to the way that you've lived your life? Yeah, and it's going to sound really funny, but um, for a mantra, it's choose to be. <laughs> because each of us has free will and choice. Every single day I make a conscious choice. We underestimate that, I think. Yeah, and I make a conscious choice every day how I want to live my life. I, have a, I can choose to meditate, I can choose not to meditate, I can choose to exercise, I can choose not to exercise, I can choose to be kind, I can choose not to be kind, I can choose to support someone or not, I can choose to lend a helping hand or not, I could choose to judge someone or not. There's so many things that we're doing constantly that when you start taking ownership of it, and so my mantra has been for the past, yeah, this whole journey choose to be and I have that and that's my every day I'm making a conscious choice can I be the best possible version of Tammy for Tammy first and foremost because I would like to then be able to spread that light or that kindness um, to others and have a positive impact on my family as well and my friends and my environment my community Awesome. Yeah. At Coffee Pods, we're really intentional around kind of people moving from a state of inspiration and ideas into action. So yeah. trying to make sure that conversion yeah. happens. Otherwise, we never see results, right? Absolutely. The high performance you were talking about before. Yeah. If you could encourage people with, uh, after listening to the conversation you've had, to go and do something off the back of it, what would be your call to action? I would say investigate learning how to be more mindful. Investigate the benefits of meditation because you cannot, and I cannot stress this enough, there is no pill. You cannot go into a chemist or a um, drugstore or wherever you think that you're going to get your medicine from um, and buy a pill that's going to give you the benefits that having a practice that brings you into your inner world of being still, of quieting your mind, of finding out what's going on inside of you, what your triggers are, all the things that we've mentioned on this podcast. If you don't do that, Nothing's ever going to change. And you are going, back to what I was saying with Matthew Ricard, everything is going to be temporary. Nothing is going to be sustainable. Mm. Nothing's going to be lasting. 
And if you really wish to experience more fulfillment, more happiness, more joy, greater contentment, the only way you can do that is not by running away from, not by hiding, not by saying you don't have enough time. You know, I'm so um, over hearing I don't have enough time. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. You know what? Then schedule time. Make it a priority. Choice. Schedule it. It's choice. It still comes back to choose to be. When people say to me, oh, you know, Tammy, you, you know, you, you, you're lucky. And I, and I kind of look at that and I go, lucky? Or intentional. Intentional. Did I, am I choosing each day to make this my non-negotiable? And I laugh and say, guys, meditation and is for me brushing my teeth. Mm. I would never walk out the door without brushing my teeth. Same as I won't start my day without meditating. I love that. What a great and energizing note to end on. And I've taken so much out of this. Like I'm going to be mindful. I'm good about not touching my phone first thing in the morning, but I could definitely do the breathing exercises. And the thing I was challenged on last week, um, I was part of a program where we took regular mindful breaks and they were actually tracking biometric data for some of the participants and they put it on stage. And what was really interesting is these three minute meditation mindfulness breaks, people were, were experiencing green restoration periods in, in amongst an otherwise quite red day where they're feeling very out of their comfort zone, yeah. quite stressed, you name it. And I think the thing people need to be challenged on is it, it doesn't need to be 20 minutes. It doesn't need no. to be 30 minutes. It can be five cycles of breath. Exactly. You don't find these micro moments, but exactly. don't make excuses. No, exactly. And those micro moments build. That's what people don't understand. Each moment that you spend doing this. It's like compound again, interest. It is. It's compound interest. Exactly. The more you put into it, the greater the benefit. It is a consistent practice that you do. And and I love how you've just said that, that compound moment. When I was in India, you referenced that. They had a concept called traffic control. And every hour on the hour, we stopped for one minute. No talking. No moving. No moving, sorry. No looking at your phone. Stop. And just stand there or sit there. And that one moment reset us every single time. It's a Mm. reset. Reset, recharge, replug in, get back on track, come back to your center. Tammy, thank you so much for spending time with us. For people who want to follow your work and engage, where can they go? Um, My website. So just Mm TammyRuse.com. And, yeah, they can investigate that. And I've got some online programs and blogs and posts. And And books too, right? Books, exactly. Yes, I'm very very happy um, to say that my – I was very fortunate, I guess, um, that my book, Presence to Power, I Am the Gift, has got best-selling status. Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm very excited. But it's – I think it's a book that when I wrote it, the intention was that – any man, woman, or child, if you're 8 to 80, could read it and benefit from it. Um, and that goes for if you've been meditating or not, that's been the experience. I think it's just a it's a 21-chapter book that just really gives you an overall um, platform, a diagram, not only to meditation, but to forgiveness, to journaling, to creating a sanctuary. It's a, it's a real wellness toolkit that will help you with your day-to-day lives. Unreal. Thank you so much Thanks, for your time. Holly. That was Thank amazing. You. Thanks for listening. I hope you're feeling fired up to be the change that you want to see in the world. I'd love to hear about the impact you're having. So hit me up on social and let me know what you're working on. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, why not keep it alive and share it with someone in your world? I'm Holly Ransom. Let's grab a coffee again soon.